Our text today is in Genesis, as we go kind of a little bit of a trip through chapter 16, 17, and 18. We'll be looking at a couple different passages that we've already looked at. As we go through our study on the life of Abraham, it will lead us up to our Thanksgiving season. It was something we always enjoyed when we were growing up in mom and dad's house. I'm sure my mother's kindness and my father's sense of humor encouraged it, but it was welcoming house, and people used to just drop in. That is, come for a visit without invitation, without forewarning, just for a nice surprise. Uncle Ed, one of my favorites, would drop in for a visit on his way to Florida every fall, unannounced. Just pull in the driveway, and there he is. Relatives from Connecticut would drop in. Local friends would drop in for cake and coffee. Mom was always prepared for visitors and did her best to accommodate whoever just dropped in. You never knew who was going to drop in. One family I particularly remember was a couple named Billy and Jenny Hint. And they were a couple of miles from our house. On the way, Billy would start blowing his car horn for about two miles. And if we were outside, we heard the horn blowing, ran in the house, say, hey, Mom, here comes Billy and Jenny Hint. We know they're coming. We can hear them before they get here. When they arrived, it was always entertaining. <laughs> One time, Billy brought along his guitar. He said, I'm learning uh, to play the guitar. And he pulled it out, and he said, guess what song I play? And he would play two notes. He said, okay, guess what song that is? My mother politely tried. She says, Billy, is that Amazing Grace? He said, no, it's Rock of Ages. <laughs> so guess this one. And he played two more notes, just a couple notes. And Billy said, what, you know what that one is? And uh, my mother said, well, that kind of sounds like Rock of Ages. He said, no, no, it's Amazing Grace. <laughs> <clears throat> my father would laugh and laugh. I remember another time Billy and Jenny dropped in. Billy said, I'm learning how to sew. And uh, my mother said, well, that's wonderful, Billy. What are you sewing? And Billy said, I sewed a dress for my wife, Jenny. So take off your coat, dear, and show them your dress. Jenny proudly took off her coat. She was wearing a dress made of neckties all sewed together. Uh, <laughs> was the strangest thing you ever did see. <laughs> my mother said, Billy, is beautiful. My father laughed so hard he was rolling on the floor. <laughs> Almost cried. <laughs> when Billy and Jenny dropped in, it was always exciting. It was exciting. Uh, before TV and telephones ran people's lives, drop-in visits were a great source of entertainment. In our text today, we have one of the most amazing drop-in visits of all recorded time. There's really nothing like it. And wait till you see who dropped in for dinner as we look at our text this week. 
Now, for the last several weeks, we've been following the life of Abraham. He left his native country at God's command and became a wanderer, a nomad, living in tents and wandering all over the land of Canaan. He had various adventures along the way, but we've seen a pattern in his behavior wherever he went. He always built an altar and called on God. And last week we saw a two-day-long worship session between God and Abraham at that altar. We first met Abraham when his name came up simply in a genealogy. And in that genealogy, like any genealogy, it was told us that Abraham had a wife named Sarah. And naturally, any genealogy would include offspring of the family. But in that genealogy, we were told that Sarah was barren, that she could not have children. And so Abraham had no children. But God made a promise to Abraham right in the very beginning, the first time he talked to him. And he said this, The Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country from thy kindred, from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee, and I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee. So God said, go to Canaan, and I promise you, Abraham, I will make of you a great nation. Now, the natural assumption was that Abraham would eventually have children. You can't make a great nation out of Abraham if he has no children. So Abraham left home, believing God that he would have children. He was 75 years old. Now, people lived longer in those days and they do today. Abraham's father lived to be 205 years old. So at 75, Abraham is not yet considered to be an old man. Not like today, okay? Later on, God would have another talk with Abraham. And again, he's going to reinforce the promise. Listen to what he says. For all the land which thou seest, I will give it to you and to your seed forever. And I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. God adds a little more information to his original promise. Not only will God make of Abraham a great nation, but his offspring will be a very large number, as many as the dust, he says, of the earth. That's a big number. Now, last week we saw Abraham had a vision from God. Abraham is now 87 years old, and he brings up that promise to God. And Abraham said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? And Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. Behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thy heir. He shall be the him that comes forth out of thine own bowels shall be thy heir. And he brought him forth abroad, said, Look now towards heaven. Tell the stars that thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. So God adds a little more information to his original promise. And so let's stop for a moment and consider Abraham's situation. Abraham 
is in a situation where his wife, Sarah, had no children. Abraham is 87 years old. Sarah, 10 years younger, is 77. Now note carefully that God never mentioned Sarah in any of his promises. He said Abraham would have many descendants, but he never mentioned Sarah. And so it was implied that Sarah would be the mother of Abraham's children. God did say, not a servant will be your heir, but your own flesh and blood will become your heir. Now my friends, what happens next is one of those things in life that we all face. How does the will of God actually work out in our everyday lives? God's promises and God's purposes are generally known, but how do they develop in our own personal life situations? That question now becomes very important in Sarah's life. How does this work out? So she makes a choice. I'm in chapter 16 now of Genesis in verse 1. Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, bare him no children. She had a handmaiden, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar, Sarah said to Abraham, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go into my maid. It may be that I obtain children by her. And Abraham hearkened to the wife of his voice, the voice of his wife Sarah. And Sarah, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abraham had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, gave her to her husband, Abraham, to be his wife. Now, I want you to remember something. Abraham lived in a time before the Bible was written. So he had no place to go for instruction. We do. All right, but he didn't. So Sarah's been thinking, God promised Abraham a son. And now Sarah is past childbearing age. At 77, she's too old to have children. God never said that Sarah would be the mother. It was implied, but now it's too late. She's too old. So maybe God didn't mean for Sarah to be the mother of Abraham's child. So Sarah hatches a plan. Take my servant girl, Hagar, or your wife, and she can have a baby for me. Now, my friends, if Sarah's plan seems convoluted to you, <laughs> and you ask, where did she come up with that idea? The answer is, Sarah followed the culture of the day. All around Abraham and Sarah, the culture of those people were have as many wives as you want. They ran into a problem in Egypt when Pharaoh took Sarah to be one of his wives. So my friends, because it is an accepted cultural practice, does it make it right? Be careful how you answer that. 
Do we do things in our own lives because that's what everybody else does? And how do God's plans work out in our everyday life? Sarah doesn't make this choice lightly. She believes that God has restricted her from having children. And so not being actually mentioned in the promises given to Abraham, she draws a conclusion, let Hagar be the mother of Abraham's child. And Hagar has a son and names the boy Ishmael. And for 12 years, Ishmael is the only son that Abraham has. Now chapter 17 in the first verse, and when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am Almighty God, walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee, will multiply thee exceedingly. So Abraham, now in this conversation with God, is 99 years old. Now, watch this. Verse 15 of chapter 17. God said to Abraham, As for Sarah thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be the mother of nations, and kings of people shall be of her. Abraham fell on his face and laughed, and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him as a hundred years old? And shall Sarah, that is 90 years old, bear? Abraham laughs at the idea. In his heart, it says. In his heart, inside. He's laughing, not out loud. After all, he's talking to God. But inside, he laughs. He says, I'm 99. I'm 99. And so, uh, laughing, we leave Abraham for a few minutes. Jump ahead. Now get ready, because look who's coming to dinner. Chapter 18. Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre as he sat by the tent door in the heat of the day. And he lifted up his eyes and looked, and three men stood by him. And he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door and bowed himself towards the ground, and said, My Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Uh, let a little water, I pray thee, be fetched, and wash your feet, rest yourselves under the tree. I'll fetch a morsel of bread, and comfort you your hearts. After that you shall pass on, for therefore you are come to your servant. They said, So do, as thou hast said. Abraham hastened to the tent unto Sarah, said, Make Ready quickly, three measures of fine meal needed. Make cakes upon the hearth. Abraham ran to the herd, fetched a calf tender and good, gave it to the young man, and he hasted to dress it. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed, set it before them, and he stood by them under the tree, and they did eat. Three visitors come walking up to the tent. Now you understand... They look like humans. But as soon as Abraham meets them, he realizes, I've already met one of these. After all, he's God's close friend. One of them is God. 
These three people who walked up to Abraham, one of them is God. He said, well, God doesn't look like a man. The Bible clearly states that you and I are made in God's image. When Jesus came to earth, he certainly looked like a human. So now walking up to Abraham's tent comes God in a human form. I never had a visitor like that drop in. And there's the other two are angels, which is part of next week's sermon. God comes to your tent. Uh, so please sit while I get dinner. <laughs> Abraham runs and gets dinner and Sarah makes bread and they serve God dinner. And God says, where's Sarah? <laughs> She's in a tent. She's in a tent. Verse 10. And he said, I will certainly return to thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. Sarah heard it in the tent door which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were well old and well stricken in age as ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, Am I waxed old? After I'm waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? Sarah's laughing now. See, we left Abraham laughing before, and now Sarah's laughing just like Abraham. I'm too old. I'm too old. And she laughs inside. So they're both laughing. Why? It's physically impossible. They're too old. Verse 13. The Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh? <laughs> She's right behind the tent door. Why'd she laugh? Saying, shall I of a certainty bear a child which am old? She said that inside, but God hears what you say inside of yourself. Verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. And Sarah denied, saying, I laughed not, for she was afraid. And he said, no, you did laugh. <laughs> That's when God catches you. Hey. It was one of those things that neither Sarah or Abraham ever considered that God could do what was impossible for them to do. Logically, Abraham and Sarah were right. Logically, they're too old. But my friends, God doesn't deal with logic. That's not how God operates. God deals with faith. He asks us to believe him, even when, and especially when, believing God defies all logic. Don't you remember Jesus outside the tomb of Lazarus? And he said to Martha, I am the resurrection, I am the life. He that Believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Martha, do you believe me? It's illogical. He's already been dead for four days. He's already buried in the tomb. It's impossible. 
But Martha says, if you say so, I guess I believe it. And Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth, and the impossible happens to those who believe. God said to Abraham and Sarah, you may be too old, but it's not impossible for me to make Sarah have a son. So why did God choose in to drop in for dinner on that fateful day? What made God stop in at the tent? Because something Abraham said just a short time before that. And something is very sad. And it was very sad for God to hear what Abraham said. Back in chapter 17, verse 17, Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, shall a child be born unto him that's a hundred years old and shall Sarah that is ninety year old bear? And Abraham said to God, oh that Ishmael might live before thee. Kind of sad. God said, Abraham, since you were 75 years old, I've been promising to make a great nation from your seed. Offspring as many of the dust of the earth, as many of the stars of the heaven. And now 25 years later, I've come to tell you that the promised son is about to arrive. Sarah is going to have that special baby. You'd think Abraham would jump for joy. Promise fulfilled. My own son, Sarah, his mother. This is what I've been waiting for. But he didn't. Instead, Abraham said, can't we just go with Ishmael? We kind of had our own plan. Can't we substitute Ishmael? Can't you abandon your plan, God, and follow our plan? All that Ishmael might live before you. That was a sad response. The great promise is fulfilled. Sarah, at 90 years old, is about to have a baby. My friends always remember this. Thank God he doesn't always give us what we want. Chapter 21, verse 1. The Lord visited Sarah as he said, and the Lord did as Sarah as he had spoken. Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age at the time set of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare unto him, Isaac. Abraham circumcised his son Isaac, being eight years old, as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born unto him, <coughs> and Sarah said, God made me to laugh so that all that hear me will laugh with me. <laughs> the name Isaac, that they named that boy, actually means laughter. Sarah said, first, when God said, you're going to have a baby, I laughed in disbelief, but now I'm laughing for joy. He's come. 
So let the whole world laugh with me. Let's all have a good laugh. God did it. God did what was amazing. And sure enough, years later, that promise was fully fulfilled. An angel came to earth and said, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. A Savior is born who is Christ the Lord. You see, if God would have taken Abraham's advice and went with Ishmael, we never would have had Jesus in that manger. Was Abraham wrong? Was Sarah wrong when they hatched their own plan? Was it wrong to bring Ishmael into the world? Look, my friends. God is Abraham's friend. And friends are forgiving. Yes, God's plan was much better than Abraham's and Sarah's plan. Learn from it. Not to let the culture of the day be what guides our choices. And be joyful when God's plan unfold. When you see what God will do, should make you laugh with joy. You should be happy. God dropped in on Abraham and Sarah that day to reinforce his plan not to accept Abraham's compromise. At 99 years of age, Abraham learned it's always best to wait for God. He always keeps his promise if we wait for God. The Bible says, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. You have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. I pray you trust in God more than in your own plans. I hope he leaves you laughing. And I suggest when God drops in, make sure he feels welcome. Next week, where did those other two angels go? Shall we pray? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for dropping in on Abraham. Thank you for allowing us to be filled with joy and laughter that we might enjoy the plans of God better than our own. Help us to be sensitive to what God wants more than what we want. Help us, we pray. And we might take from this a lesson. We might be patiently working with God, his plans and not ours. Help us, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. amen. In closing, I'd like you to turn to hymn number 226. Hymn number 226. Standing as we sing, have thine own way, Lord. 226. Standing as we sing, have thine own way. Page 226.
we ask that we would yield to what you want for us in our lives. We pray that we would listen and not take the advice of everyone else, but listen to your advice, the words from your own Bible to us. Let us see what it is that you want us to do. Give us patience and help us to have belief that no matter how impossible the situation seems, you can help us out of it. You can walk us through it. You have the strength and the power, but help us to be moldable to your will and not to our own. We ask for these things, and we ask that we would take these messages at home and live them out. Not just hear them here, but make them real in our lives and bring faith in our lives. We thank you for all that you've done. We pray for protection on all of these people. Bring them back to this place safely, we pray. Help our love to spread to one another and throughout the world. May it be known that we love you. We thank you for these things in your name. Amen. Amen.